I want to talk to you about um, activating your faith. That's what I want to chat with you this morning. Activate your faith. I want to take you to the book of James first. A couple of scriptures there that I want to share with you where James picks up the story of Abraham and then he begins to unpack that in relation to this correlation between faith and our actions. Our faith and our actions. And so I want to take you there first. And after that, I want to further emphasize what James is trying to say by looking at a story, an incredible story in the book of Kings and um, four lepers who would bring about the miracle that the nation Israel was waiting for. And uh, so I want to look at that in light of what James is trying to say, that there is a relationship, a correlation between your faith and your actions. So let's go to James chapter 2 first. James chapter 2, verse 21 to 24. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. Let me, let me repeat that particular two lines to you. His faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. His faith and his actions worked together. There's a correlation between your faith and your actions. I think somewhere along the line we lost our way when we when the Reformation was trying to separate good works and salvation. Of course, we cannot earn our salvation through good works. We can never do anything to earn our salvation. It is by grace and grace alone. But James is trying to correct a false thinking in the early church where they, they, had, they thought there was faith and it was separate to the actions that they did. But James is saying, you cannot separate your actions, the way you live your life, the things that you do, the decisions that you make. You can't separate that with your faith. Because faith is not just a belief system. Faith is evidenced through the way you live your life. Faith is something that's visible through our actions. So faith is not just an intellectual exercise. Faith must be evidenced through our actions. And so he brings up Abraham and that story of Abraham when God spoke to Abraham one night and said, Abraham, and Abraham used that beautiful word, Hinani. I'm here, Lord. I'm available, Lord. What is it that I can do for you, Lord? How can I respond to your voice this evening? And God said to him, take your son, your only beloved son, and sacrifice him on the mountain. The Bible tells us early the next morning, and that's significant, early the next morning, Abraham packed his bags and did what God had asked him to, to do. You see, Abraham knew his faith was evidenced through his actions. And he had faith. 
He had faith in God. And that phrase will keep coming throughout that chapter in the book of Genesis, where he would say, God will provide. God will provide. We use that phrase um, so often, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, and we know God to have that nature. How do we know he had that nature? Because Abraham proved that through his actions. Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. So for Abraham, it wasn't just a mental exercise. Every step he took that day was gearing up to evidencing God as his provider. Somehow rather through that night, when God spoke to him, it was deposited when he heard the voice of God, this faith, this belief, God, you've asked me to do something and you will make a way for me to do that. God, you've asked me to do something very difficult, but you will provide. You will provide. And so through that day, as he packed his bags, as he walked that long journey to that mountain, and as his son, noticing and observing all this, only probably 13 years old, 12 or 13 years old, he observes these things. He knows very well how his father does sacrifices. And so he asks his father, Father, and again that phrase, Hinani, I am here. What can I do for you, son? I hear your voice. I want to respond to it. And his son says, I see the wood. I see the offering. I see everything that's needed for the offering. But where is the lamb? And the father says, Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. God will provide. It wasn't a mental exercise for him. It was the entire journey to the mountain was evidencing the faith that he had that God will provide. Faith and action working together. You must have both. Not just action. And you know, sometimes you see people just trying this out, trying that out. Maybe this will work. Maybe that will work. And we run around like headless chickens. Action, action, action. But we haven't heard the voice of God yet. Trial and error won't get you to complete your faith. Not just action and not just faith. You know, sometimes we think that faith is a belief system. Just believe the doctrines. Just believe the Bible. It's one thing to believe what the Bible says. And it's another thing to act on what you believe the Bible is saying to you. And so it's not just action. It's not just faith. It's faith and action working together. And then James says this. His actions made his faith complete. So he was looking at Abraham and probably reflecting on what that day looked like as Abraham early in the morning would wake up. Early in the morning he'd packed his bags. Early in the morning he would travel with his son. What would that look like? Every step he took, every step he took, James is saying, was completing his faith, was completing what he believed. God will provide. God will provide. He packs his bags. It was one more step closer to seeing Jehovah Jireh. As he took the first step 
out of the home. Maybe he hugged his wife. Maybe he said goodbye to everyone, knowing full well what he had to do. He journeyed. That step out of the home was in the was beginning of completing that faith that he had, Jehovah Jireh. Every step he took. And that's why James uses the plural word actions. His actions, every single act he did, Every single thing he did towards that mountain was completing his faith that God will provide. His actions made his faith complete. In other words, every act he did brought about the completion and fulfillment of the promise of God in his life. That is why it's critical what James is trying to tell us. Don't just sit there. If God has promised you something, or better still, if you've found a promise in the word of God that's resonating in your heart, then I would suggest to you, God is trying to speak to you. God is trying to get through to you. Using that scripture, he's trying to speak to you. And when you hear his voice, then it's your responsibility how you respond to it. Would you just sit there and say, yeah, I believe it. Or would you put your faith in action? Would you activate your faith and say, Lord, because you have said so, I'm going to walk and take steps and take actions towards that promise you have given to me. Let me take you to a story in the book of Kings, which highlights this. It seems so far-fetched, seems so ridiculous to the human mind, and yet, It's registered in the scriptures as history. And so I want to take you to 2 Kings chapter 7. It's a story of four lepers and how they brought about breakthrough for an entire nation, Israel. The context in 2 Kings chapter 7 is when the king of Aram had brought his entire army and put a siege around Samaria. And so the entire city was under siege. The whole of Israel trapped under lockdown in a city under siege. And uh, the Bible tells us that they were cut off from food supplies and water supply. Um, And uh, the whole plan, of course, of King Aram was to starve them to death or to force them to surrender. And so in the midst of that, the Bible tells us there was severe famine in that city. Just to show us how severe it was the author of the book of Kings tells us that a head of a donkey, first of all, a worthless animal. They would never eat a donkey. Secondly, it's a worthless part of an animal, the head. The head of a donkey was going for prime cost, $50, equivalent to $50, a head of a donkey. That's how severe the famine was. And, um, then we pick up the story in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1 to 2. Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Two voices were there 
in that day, the prophetic voice that was speaking on behalf of God, and then the other voice. The prophetic voice should have produced faith. The other voice produces unbelief. And the other voice wasn't just an ordinary voice. This guy was the two I see to the king. He was the advisor to the king. And so this voice was something that the nation kept held strongly to. It, it had weight on it. But the thing is, it wasn't producing faith. It was producing unbelief. He said, even if God turns up, this thing will never happen. We could never see our breakthrough. We are hopeless now. The only thing we can look for is death. But the voice of God, and that's why Elijah used that phrase, listen to the Lord. And it is critical in times of fear, in times when we feel hopeless, in times when you're struggling with your faith, when there's a crisis in your faith, you don't listen to any other voice. You only listen to the voice of the Lord. And the prophet Elijah saying, listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord. Thus says the Lord. The other voice in any voice. Let me rephrase that. The other voice is any voice that creates unbelief and denies you the Christ given right to believe for your miracle. Let me say that again. The other voice is any voice that creates unbelief that denies you the Christ given right to believe for your miracle. Elisha says, listen to the word of the Lord. And I want to say to you, in the midst of whatever you're going through this morning, and I don't know what you're going through, but as you're listening to this word, I just want to say to you, listen to the Lord. Romans 10 verse 17 says this, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let me read that again so that we don't miss what Paul was trying to say. So faith comes by hearing. We know that. We, we say that all the time. But we assume that this verse is saying faith comes by the word of God. No, it doesn't say that. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, Paul is saying faith comes by hearing God. But the ability to hear God comes from the Word of God. So if you're not hearing God, but you're merely reading the Bible, you're not going to have faith. You read the Bible because it develops that ability for you to hear the voice of God. And in exposing yourself to the Word of God, you, you are trained you're training your listening ear to hear the Word of God. And it's the, the Word of God that brings about faith. The Word of God that you hear through your exposure to the Word of God. That ability to hear is the one that produces faith. Right? The Word of God trains you to differentiate between God's voice and the other voices. Very important. It's the Word of God. It's your exposure to the Word of God, not to the doctrines that come from the Word of God, not to a sermon. A sermon may en encourage you to get into that Word, but 
end of the day, you got to get into the word of God. And it's the word of God that gives you the ability to hear his voice. It is the word of God that trains you to differentiate between God's voice and the other voices. And my dear friends, in this day and age, and what we are facing, so many voices. As you access the internet, you've got everything in your fingertips. Knowledge is in abundance. But they are voices and they are opinions. If you do not read the word of God, you'll be struggling to hear the voice of God in the midst of the noise of other voices. Elijah said to them, listen to the Lord. And so he gave them access to faith. He brought the word of God and he gave, he presented it into that atmosphere. But you know what? No one picked that up except four lepers outside the city. It's very interesting. The most unlikely people in the most unlikely place outside the city, four lepers, they would begin to stir their hearts with a faith that we wouldn't consider faith. And yet that little faith that they had brought about the breakthrough. 2 Kings 7 verse 3 to 5. Now there were four lepers men at the entrance of the gate and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall only die. They rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. Why sit here till we die? That doesn't sound like great faith. But it was mustard faith. It was just mustard seed faith. Why sit here? We'll go try and get into the city, we will die. We sit here, we will die. Might as well just go forward, see what happens. Let's put ourselves out there and see what happens. Why sit here till we die? Sometimes desperation is the only way for us to get out of our mess. Desperate people do desperate things. But I want to encourage you. It doesn't have to get desperate for us to take a step of faith. We just need to believe and trust God and activate our faith, put action into our faith. And that's what they did. They put some action into their faith. Faith and action working together. Acting on God's word transforms listening faith to active faith. Let me repeat that. When you act on God's word, what happens is you're transforming listening faith to active faith. And active faith is what produces your miracle. Listening faith begins the journey. But if you don't start your journey, if you don't get out and begin to take steps towards your miracle, you will never see your miracle. Because faith working together with action. That is required. Faith and action working together. And it's your actions that bring about completion to your faith. And so, James said that, that Abraham, it was his actions that made his faith complete. It was so with Abraham. 
And the same thing happened with these four men. It was their actions that brought about completion to the word of God that was spoken by Elijah. 2 Kings 7, 6-8 For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight, left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, their donkeys, they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank, carried from it silver and gold and clothing, went from it and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from, from there also and went and hid it. Four lepers, unknown to them, every step they were taking, there were sounds going on that they had no idea. They had no idea what was going on in the heavenlies. But the enemy was hearing what was going on in the heavenlies. Right? They were hearing noises of chariots. They were hearing noises of horses. And they assumed that there were armies that were hired by Israel that came to deliver them. Can you imagine if they knew what was going on? That it was only four lepers walking towards them, hoping for mercy. But God was using every step they were taking to complete his word that he had promised to Israel. My dear friends, if we can catch hold of this, this truth, it's going to transform the way we live our lives. When God speaks, God assumes that we will take hold of his promise and we will put action in his promise because every step, however weak it is, however insignificant it is, however we think it's useless, but that step of faith is kindling, it's creating momentum, it's stirring up the heavenlies and causing your miracle to come to pass. It's time that you activate your faith. So let me close with this. First, you've got to hear God's voice. You've got to hear the word of God. How do you do that? You expose yourself to the word of God daily. God's word enables you to hear. And faith comes by hearing. God's word enables you to hear. And faith comes by hearing. First hear God's voice. Then act on God's word. Faith alone is not enough. Faith and action working together. Remember, you keep doing it. You keep acting on it. It's your actions, plural, that bring completion to God's word to you. Keep acting on it until you see your miracle. Your actions will make your faith complete. Activate your faith. Go get your miracle.